On today's episode of PowerView, we have a very special episode, as we are deeming this episode to be the kind of unofficial first episode of PowerView. As you will eventually see, we did record a first episode prior to recording this. And in fact, we've recorded several episodes before this. But I've decided to make this episode the 1.0 or 1.1, so to speak. And I do have my reasons for this. Similarly to writing the introduction to a novel, I've been waiting to record this. And though I still feel this episode may be lost on most, I know it needs to be said before we can really get into things with PowerView. So hopefully I don't lose you before we get things started with this podcast. I've had to think long and hard about this episode, as, of course, it's really the introduction to PowerView. Which of, which, of course, is the core podcast series behind The Realist Idealist as a channel. It's our first step towards trying to understand our world so that we can gain an understanding for how we can make it a better place. I hate to admit it, but I've struggled with the fact that I can't just explain everything that's rattling around my brain in one episode, let alone several episodes. My fear is that without all the information, it may be difficult for people to truly understand what I'm getting at, let alone agree with it. I mean, after all, the concept behind the realist idealists and at the heart of PowerView is that we are taking on the task of trying to figure out how to make the world a better place. I don't think Jordan nor I are naive enough to not realize what a monumental task that is. I'm sure you're already probably saying to yourself, who does this guy think he is thinking he knows what's best for the world? And you know what? You may be right. (laughs) Maybe as it stands right now, I don't have all the answers. But this channel is all about creating a framework of understanding and the perspective we need to take to allow ourselves to gain this understanding. If Jordan and I, and you as our listeners, are willing to put in the work I truly believe there are answers to the questions we seek. And like most things in life, especially when it comes to something new, it's just going to take an open mind. So I'm sure some of you already are saying to yourself, I'm open-minded. I mean, we all say that we're open-minded, but how do we know if we really mean it? Let's be honest. Have you ever really heard someone admit that they aren't open-minded? I'm guessing probably not. Sometimes our willingness to be truly open-minded to things needs to be more than just the instruction on how and what it means to be so. Sure, you may be listening to this, but it really takes accepting that what you may think is the truth may not ultimately be the truth, or rather, it may not be the truth in all situations. It's the internal conflict with our natural desire to keep the status quo for what we know to be true that makes us feel like our beliefs are being shattered every time we are presented with new facts that differ from what we know. Instead of letting this feeling take over, we need to have the mindset that if we are able to be truly open-minded about wanting to understand things in life, then we need to be open and willing to assess all facts collectively to come to the come to conclusions that are objectively impartial. 
we begin our journey to figure out how we can make our world a better place. And for me, there is no better place to start when asking how to do anything in life than by asking and answering the question of why we should pursue it in the first place. So why change the world? My name is Braden. He's Jordan. Together, we are the Realist Idealists, and this is Power View. So I know that was a long intro to our introductory episode for Power View, but it's about to get a little longer, as there are some things we want to cover before starting to dive into why we should change the world. For those of you who haven't seen the first episode of our channel, shameless plug incoming, but we highly recommend you go and listen to it, as it explains the breakdown of our channel, The Realist Idealist, and introduces our first podcast series, Power View which of course you're listening to right now. For a quick recap, as I'm sure many of you have already listened to it, since you're you're listening to this now, Jordan and I make up the team that is The Realist Ideals, a project that I have had in the making alongside Jordan for quite some time now. The channel revolves around the monumental task of trying to better understand our world so that we can make it a better place for all. Power View is one of our podcast series produced by us, where we try to achieve our goal for understanding our world and how we can improve it by focusing on the multitude multitude of factors that shape our society at a systemic and political level. We didn't really mention this in our first episode, but I think it's important to mention now. More often than not, Jordan and I are like-minded individuals, and We don't want to overlook that, but we also feel that it's important to point out that this is all, this isn't always the case. As you will see over the course of the series, Jordan will at times lean a little bit more to the right of the political spectrum and I a little bit more to the left. But after a bit of open-minded dialogue, we essentially always come to a mutual understanding. And that's really the key word here, understanding. It's in that understanding that we can see that it's not so much that our politics differ, as we both really want the same thing. It's just simply that our preferences in life are what makes us distinct. Something that we find gets lost when the discussion of politics comes up in our society. Here's a prime example. If you've ever had the pleasure, or if you ever do have the pleasure, of meeting my dear friend and co-host of this podcast, it's safe to say that it won't be long before Jordan will spark up a conversation about buying some land up north or out east, getting his gun license, and living off the land. Am I right, Jordan? Would you agree that that's a fair point, that that would be on your bucket list? Well, Bryn, I would say that's a fair assessment. (laughs) how many hours have I probably ranted to you about it and (laughs) not only that but yeah I I love just the isolation the quiet so yes that is 100 affairs assessment thank you (laughs) yeah so for me on the other hand I'm good with just visiting (laughs) Um, personally I don't want to live hours north 
dealing with harsher environments, constantly dealing with mosquitoes and every other wildlife that has no desire for me to be there in the first place, other than for maybe for food. I mean, it's one thing to own a cottage, but what you would be willing to do 365 days a year, as far out as you are willing, and I know you would do, uh, no thanks. (laughs) But, you know, I'm still happy to visit you. I also don't really have a desire to own a gun. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate guns. I've never done it before, but I think it would be fun to go to a gun range and shoot a few rounds. Kind of the same way that going axe throwing or paintball can be a fun time. But to own a gun in my house where I live, I would really have to question what the reason what reason that would be for. This, to some extent, is only the tip of the iceberg for our differences in preferences. But... That is what they are, preferences. For some, voicing their opinions or preferences like this may mean an argument over what matters or what should be valued in life. But for us, we realize that those personal preferences are just that, personal. I bring this all up not only to show you that at times Jordan and I may differ and share different opinions and views on this podcast, also to start getting you to reflect on the perspectives and thought processes around your your preferences that you take in your own life. We should all have the understanding that for most of us, our personal preferences are personal and that whenever reasonable, our personal preferences shouldn't affect our political process and how we treat each other. In fact, it shouldn't be a part of our political process at all. What we need to do is shift away from our focus on identity politics and cultural differences as they're only used to exploit people for the purpose of maintaining power. Our focus should be simply on our values for what unites us, not our preferences. I really truly believe that if we took this philosophy in life to shift away from focusing on our preferences and instead focused on our shared values in our ability to love and care for others, our desire to achieve and maintain safety, and our aspirations for freedom so that we can prosper and excel in life, we would all be better for it. At the core of these values represents all that truly matters in life. And the sooner we all recognize that we share these things in common, the sooner we will realize that we don't need to fear one another. Now, I'm really getting ahead of myself, so I need to get back on track to the topic of today's episode. Why should we change the world? As mentioned before, at the heart of PowerView is answering the question, how can we make our world a better place? That, of course, is a pretty big question when you really think about it. I mean, sure. You can focus on one thing or another, like the environment or human rights, and you'd probably be able to come up with some suggestions on how to make those things better. But individually, they don't don't fully answer the question of how to make this world, our world, a better place. So in order to really answer how to make our world a better place, we need to ask what's wrong with our world in the first place? or Similarly, we need to ask ourselves, why does our world need changing? 
It's been my belief in life that the reason for why we should do or not do something is the key to our ability to learn and truly understand how to do something. Sure, the threat of punishment or having the authority to say, because I said so, can be given as a rationale to justify our actions. But if we really want to be better and do better, we need to honestly answer the question of why. Failing to really answer the question of why will ultimately result in us failing to achieve a sense of understanding. One way to look at it is that you can teach a person every exercise that they will ever need and tell them about every food that will make them build muscle or be healthier, lose weight, whatever it may be. But if they haven't figured out the why they should do these things, they will inevitably never learn from these lessons. And inevitably, they will stray from this new routine if they've even started it in the first place. Without understanding the why, we lose our motivation, we lose our reason, and we lose our purpose. So why change? For the purposes of PowerView, it's both Jordan and I's stance that we need to change the way our world currently works in order to secure the best possible outcome for humanity's shared future. So for starters, You really don't have to look very far to see how broken or corruptible our system of governing and economics have become to realize that maybe it's time to consider a change in our system. The simplest answer I can give is that the system that governs our societies, though not all inherently bad, have enough flaws in them to allow room for individuals and groups to exploit these systems for their personal gain and control. This, of course, can become so far out of control that, for some, their personal gain puts them in a position so far above and beyond others that they're able to control and manipulate the system that are supposed to govern and support everyone. For some of you, this won't come as a shocker, but for others, I'm sure me simply saying that our systems and institutions are extremely flawed, isn't going to be enough to convince you to want to change things. Which is why it's important to continue listening in to the many episodes to come, beginning with our next episode of PowerView, where we delve deeper into the idea of why change by looking at what's holding us back as a society and exploring our desire for power and control. If stating that we have a corrupt system was more of a practical reason for why we should change, then this next reason is going to be more of a philosophical rationale. Instead of me giving an answer to why, here's another question for you. Is our world perfect? And I know what you're thinking. Before you jump on me for the vaguely asked question, I of course recognize that people's definition of perfect may differ. So regardless of what your definition of what perfect is, I just want you to ask yourself, in your own mind, is our world perfect? And in place of our audience, Jordan, I pose this question to you. In your own, in your own opinion, by your own definition, and for now, it can be a simple yes or no answer, or you can feel free to elaborate, but is our world perfect? 
on a whole, I would say anyone that can see it would say no. Like there's still like hunger and suffering and all that kind of stuff. You can make an argument that there's things about the world that's perfect. Like there's certain things I would say, like there's muscles at this place that's perfect. <laughs> but on a whole, no, I wouldn't say so. Awesome. Okay. So for those of you who agree with Jordan and say, no, it's not perfect. I ask you, if you had the choice, would you not choose to live in a perfect world? Jordan, I'm going to take a wild guess that your answer would be a resounding yes, right? So it's fair to say that if possible, we would all love to live in our perfect world scenarios, whatever they may be. But since reality only allows for one world scenario at a time, how do we decide what our world scenario what world scenario, I should say, we would want to pick. Naturally, I think we all would gravitate to our own perfect world scenario, because why not? But it's hard to believe that others would want to go along with with it, simply because it's ours. Unless it was somewhat unrealistic, like starting tomorrow, we all have sports cars, cars and yachts and private jets and all live in mansions. The idea of a perfect world is pretty abstract when you think about it, but every person's version of a perfect world, one way or another, is is bound to clash at some point, let alone likely to be unsustainable. So perhaps a better question would be to ask, if you had a choice, would you want to improve our world at least to at least get closer to the idea of perfection. I think it's safe to say that probably just about everyone on this planet would say yes to changing at least something in this world to make it better. The question of how to make it better, now that's another question altogether, one that we will circle back to eventually. Understanding why our world needs to change makes things a lot clearer for how things should change in the first place. Now, for anyone who thinks our world is already perfect, I have some questions for you. That, oh, never mind. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now, for anyone who thinks our world is already perfect, I have some questions for you that I would like you to answer to yourself. And better yet, if you were someone who thinks parts of our world is perfect, we're also speaking to you as well. So since I have no audience to physically talk to you, of course, Jordan, I'm going to ask these questions to you. But of course, there is a chance that our listeners will differ from your answer. But nevertheless, here they are. So the first question, if you lost your home in a natural disaster or accident, would you want your community to come to your aid? Yes. Yeah, because I wouldn't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, so. Perfect. Uh, when you get, sorry, <laughs> when you get old, would you want someone to be there to take care of you if you couldn't do it yourself? Yes. And I think that's what most people would, would want. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. You know, then there's like some, like part of me just one day wants to wander off into the woods, but that doesn't happen to everybody. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> You're, you're trying to channel yes. your uh, everyone else is a <laughs> yeah. I yeah. want to go out like a bear. He won't find me. <laughs> Too good. Um, if you were sick, 
Would you want access to healthcare? Yes. I actually, I was, uh, was it maybe two weeks ago? I was a little under the weather and yeah. It's, it's even like the little things like, oh, that medication ended up costing me like 60 bucks. It's like, well, I can get that back at tax time. Thank goodness. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> Keep the receipts. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to follow up with that. So if you were sick, would you want access to healthcare no matter what? Yes. I mean, you never, like, you don't know what, what's out there, right? So yeah. it's better to have like a, a professional. If you feel like it's bad enough, you should you shouldn't have to worry that it's not there, I would say. Yeah, there shouldn't be a re- you would you say I guess that there shouldn't be a reason for why you shouldn't get access to healthcare. Is really what I'm asking with that question. No, unless you like specifically refuse it, I don't see why. Yeah, if you didn't want yeah. access yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Being like crazy bob or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't touch me. Yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh if you were if you were let go from your job, not because you ultimately did something wrong, but simply because the company decided to move in a different direction, would you want to have support in getting back on your feet? Yeah, I think so. I think for on the overall, especially with the way the world is right now, I think it's it's hard. Like there's not work everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, there's always exceptions, but like, I don't think most people are that like, I'm just going to plow through it. Like, it's like, no, I'm struggling here. Like, it's, if you have kids or something, it's tough. So yeah. You want to know you have that safety net just in case. And I was going to say, and again, kind of similar to what you, you brought up already with the healthcare situation. All of these, these questions are being phrased in the sense of if you had the choice and wanted the support. Would you want that support to be there? Support, right, correct. Yes. There's lots of us who say I could manage on my own. Yes, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think yeah, if if people are looking like yes, it should be like we're saying like a societal safety net. It should be there if you need it. Perfect. Yeah. If you were hungry and did not have access to food for whatever reason, would you want society to help feed you? Well, I would say yes. And like more just because like I know people too that have like families and stuff. So it's like, you know, like sometimes tough things happen. It's like people have to go to the food bank. It's and it's a good thing it's there. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you were without shelter, would you want society to provide it to you, even if it was temporarily? Well, yes. And we live in a country where um, this is a time of year where if you don't, if for some reason you may be homeless, if the city doesn't help provide you some sort of overnight warming on certain nights, there's a good chance you might not survive. Yeah. And who wants to walk around a city like that? Like you don't want, like you'd rather, wouldn't you rather have someone sleep in a warm, empty building and it's, what's it going to bother you? Right. <laughs> Perfect. I would, yeah, I would say yeah, for sure. If you could choose, would you want to live in a world that judges you based on your merit rather than by race, ethnicity, exceptionalities, sex, sexual orientation, or any form of lifestyle choice as a conscious individual that you choose to lead? I'm out of personal experience. I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, mostly you meet people and like when you're like, like say you're working and you meet someone, you're like, this guy's great. Like you don't think about, 
at first, where does he come from? Like sometimes people get curious and you get like, yes, like people see me sometimes like, what are you mixed with? I'm like, no, yeah. that's a fair question. I I could cover a few spectrums, so that's curious yeah. enough. But like you talking to someone, you're like, you don't think about that first. You ask them where they come from. You're like, oh, no way. That's where you're from. Yeah. Like, that's what you're, no way. Oh, it's like, you know what I mean? It doesn't like. Yeah, it's that idea that it's it's one thing to ask you, hey, like, what's your background type of thing? But it's another thing. Are they asking that based off of how to judge you? Correct. Right? Yeah. Like if you've already like Curiosity when you meet someone and thing. you're starting to click and it's a good social thing and it's like, yeah. and then that's like, that's an afterthought, which is what it should be. Like, yeah. it really should be. Appreciate that. And lastly, uh, if you were someone who has the capacity and the potential for learning, but can't afford an education, would you want the support of your community or society to allow you to pursue it? As someone who has student loans, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would be uh, looking at calling the kettle black if I said no. And there I think like an education is something like we all know, like back in the old days, people would get persecuted and they made great discoveries that would go unnoticed for a while. And it's, you know, why hold back the potential? Yeah. You never know, right? Yeah. We could be keeping the, the guy who invents the rep- matter replicator, like from learning how to do that. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, get him in school now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyone who has that knack for learning, right? Like, yeah, why, anybody out why there? Why hold yeah. them back? <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you you answering all those questions, Jordan. I I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people that were listening to these questions, there's, there's probably there's going to be maybe some varying, but I think a lot of people are be like, will be like, obviously, I would say yes to these things, right? They they probably seem a little bit more skewed in in that sense, but um, hopefully you are hearing these questions and thinking to yourself, not only, hey, do I think that these things are a valid thing to have in our our society, I think you should also be asking yourself, uh, are these commonplace within our society? Yeah, do we see do we see this being universally applied? Yeah. And if yes or no, what's causing the drawback and whatnot? Perfect. So it's probably safe to say that the majority of people listening to this podcast probably answered yes to having all the different supports from your community. If that is the case, I have one final question. If we all have the desire to be supported by our societies, does it make sense to pick and choose who gets support? Our answer would be no. And my guess is a lot of you would agree. It's interesting that though we believe that it isn't right to choose who gets support, we can look at any one of those questions and point out to a time where people were in need but left with nothing. The reality is social assistance exists in many forms around the world, but it is often not treated equitably. Support does not always come to those who need it. Rather, we choose to de- we choose who deserves it based on artificial categorizations and values. So, how can our world be perfect if that's how we operate? If we all want to make our world closer to perfection, why do we accept our flawed reality? Well, if you don't have an answer to that question or want to see what our answers to that question is, then 
continue with us on this journey as we take an in-depth look at how our world systems and institutions function and the impact of how they shape our societies. A quick note, the format of these episodes may vary. This is mainly to do with the topics. Admittedly, some topics, though integral parts of understanding what makes up our world, can be a little dry and heavy on the facts when trying to explain them. Though they may not be some of our more enjoyable episodes, they really are an important part of the picture of understanding why we should change the world. Until next time, I'm Braden. He's Jordan. We are the Realist Idealists, and this is Power View.